Morning. It's good to be here. I feel more nervous the second time around than the first time. I don't know. It's supposed to get better and better, eh? One degree of glory to another. It's more scary. Oh, yeah, pastors. He wasn't here last time, so we got to um, joke around a little bit. Um, but in um, preparing for this word, I was like, man, God, what's a cool as uh, title I could give to my message, you know? A cool one so people wouldn't forget. And I came up with an awesome one, and my wife was like, nah, you can't can't do that. And I was like, nah, I can't. So I changed it, but I'll tell you what it was anyway. I was, gonna, I was going to title the message, I didn't choose the skunk's life, the skunk's life chose me. It's like everybody knows that because you've all seen Hunt for the Wilder People. And, and you know, like our job is to go hunting for Wilder People. Oh my gosh. But um, nah, it's not that anyway. So if you could bring up the title of my message, Shelby, God's like, nah, it's not quite like that. It's more like this. So in, uh, I think it's John 15, 16, I think that's what those numbers up there, it says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. And um, that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. So not the skuck's life, but better than the skuck's life, God himself, he chose us and he appointed us. Cool. So um, I better pray in case I offend everybody and we get off track, you know, just, just to clear it all up eh, before we get going. So um, thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity, Father, to um, come and share around your word, Father. Lord, I just pray that people will be encouraged, Lord. Lord, um, I think it was Pastor Pam, somebody who came and they said, Father, Lord, if it's of me, Father, let it drop to the floor. But what's of you, Father, I pray that it would resonate and it would uh, lodge in the hearts of the people, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, who's heard this before? A new era of conquest. Momentum that doesn't stop, and a nation-shaking anointing. Yeah, if you've been here more than two seconds, you should have heard um, those things at least five times. And uh, when I first heard those things, man, I was excited. I was like, yeah, like next week, now, next month. And um, it's, it's been a while, and I'm like, oh, whoa. And then sometimes I hear it, and I'm like, okay, there it goes again. What's going on? And um, I, want, I want to dive into a little bit of that this morning. It's definitely going to happen. But um, as you may have felt sometimes when people bring it, it's like the excitement's not as much as the first time you heard it. And you uh, sometimes we wane a little bit in our, um, our expectation of seeing that worked out. Um, yeah. So what was, what was my title again? Uh, yeah, he chose us, eh, and appointed us. <laughs> yeah, Skuck's life, you got it stuck in my head now. <laughs> so he chose us. It's like um, he chose, he's, like he's chosen us for a world trip, uh, an amazing holiday, or we're going to go to a really uh, classy, exclusive destination. And when you read um, the prophetic words that have been spoken over our house, man, it's world class. It's amazing. It's, it's up there. Almost to the point of like, holy cow, that's unbelievable, here in Kaitaia? And it's, yeah, here in Kaitaia. So he chose us and he appointed us to these things, like a world-class trip, amazing holiday. But um, just like when you go on a trip, if you're going to an exotic destination, somewhere cold, somewhere hot, um, you have to go prepared. You have to take certain things, and there's some things that you can't take. So in order to go where God wants us to go, change is required. Okay, so if God was going to take us to the snow, um, we don't take our swimsuit, probably not. Hey, we don't take our sun hat, probably not. 
would probably take glasses so we didn't get sunburnt. But um, at the same time, maybe it's not exotic. Maybe it's a tough destination. God knows we will struggle, but it's there, as we heard from, um, what's his name, Pastor David last week, that we look for hope, and it's in those hard places that we grow out in our faith. Um, yeah, just talking about change. Uh, me and Irene, we had the privilege of going to China about four or five years ago. And um, when you go somewhere different or somewhere new, you change and you adapt. Or um, probably a better example. So we change and adapt. You start talking funny. I would never barter in my life. I just wouldn't do it. But you get there and they're all like haggling you. So you, you jump right in. You, oh, no, you're a ripoff. And they're like, no, you got heaps of money. You know, you pay. Good price, top quality. And all that stuff. I, I wouldn't do that here, but if I was in a destination where that is the custom, then you become accustomed to uh, what happens in that destination. And the other example is um, people who don't become accustomed to where they've gone is when tourists come here. It's usually Americans. They're annoying and they're obnoxious and they're loud. And they're, it's like, you're in New Zealand, mate. You just need to chill out a little bit. Okay? You've come to this destination. You should become accustomed to what happens here. Cool. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So when you travel, if you're an onto a travel traveler, you investigate um, what it's like there. You look at the climate, the temperature. You might even study a few phrases that you can use when you get there. You look at the currency, and like I said before, you check what it is that you need to take and what you don't need to take. You leave behind. So if we're looking at our prophetic words over our house as a destination. Have we studied and looked at uh, what it's like, what it's going to be like there, what the climate will be, the temperature, the language, and the currency of the place that God's going to take us? Cool. Um, in the Bible, I better get back to the Bible, eh, or I'll get in trouble. There's a story of a dude called Abraham, and uh, you can find that story in Genesis chapter 12, and I think I even put it on the slide for you. Can you bring that? Oh. Wow, look at that. So in Genesis 12, the Lord spoke to Abraham, and that's what he was called back then. He said, leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And um, there's a few things I want to bring out there related to God chose Abraham just the same as he chooses you. And then he's going to take him on a journey, just like he's going to take us on a journey. But there's nothing special about Abraham. He didn't do anything amazing. He was just ordinary, just like us. The only thing that set him apart was the fact that God chose him, just like us. You're ordinary. Surprise, surprise. But God chooses you. That's what sets you apart and makes you special. Now, um, whenever... Um, uh, God does uh, take somebody on a journey or wants to do something new. There's, there's things that you can't take with you. And uh, when you're reading this first part of um, chapter 12 there, the things that Abraham had to leave behind, he had to leave his country, he had to leave his, his people, his people and his father's household. And there's um, lots of things that those, those uh, particular things speak to. All of those things are familiar we're in New Zealand, we're familiar with that. You feel pretty comfortable anywhere you go in the country. Okay? Your people, your people makes up your culture, your ethnicity, the way you do things. 
And for most of us, if you're hanging out in your particular, with your particular people, with your peeps, then you're even more comfortable. So you're comfortable in your country with your peeps, you're even more comfortable. And then let it all hang out in your father's household. If you're just with your family or your whanau, then, you know, uh, all bets are off. You're happy as, you know, walk around the, sh- the house with no shirt on kind of thing. Um, and those were the things that God asked Abraham to leave behind. The familiar, the comfortable, uh, the things that he was used to, and to go somewhere that wasn't very specific or set out. It was like, yeah, mate, leave that, leave what you're used to, what you're familiar with, what you're comfortable with, and I'll show you, I'll show you a land. It's like, oh, okay. And uh, that's like, like us with God. He's given us these prophetic words. He hasn't told us exactly what the destination looks like, how it'll be worked out, or, um, or how we will function or be a part of it. And at the same time, in order for us to take hold of that, we have to leave some things behind. Um, the other thing that all of those um, three things, country, people, and your father's household speak of to me, is, um, is our identity. So if you think about yourself, you identify yourself as a New Zealander, you identify yourself as a Māori or a Pākehā or whatever it is, and you identify yourself as, you know, with, within your family. I am a McCartney from Kai Tai or whatever it is. Okay, identity. So in order for um, Abraham to walk into the destination that God was taking him to, what he had to lay aside and leave behind was his identity. And for us, what I think, um, not what I think, what God is saying for us, in order to enter into where I've said I'm going to take you and have the things that I said you can have, what you have to leave behind is your identity or what your identity is founded in. So nobody go home and say, I'm out of here, mum, dad, pastor said, you know, I'm gapping it. It's not like that. But what is your identity found in? So God wants us to be holy and fully dependent on him. He wants us to be comfortable and familiar and free to operate and move uh, how he would see fit, unimpinged or unhindered by um, what our identity would say. Kill. What did I write down here? To take hold of the new, we must let go of, let go of the old as traditions, religious habits, the way my family's always done it. Um, in Jeremiah 35, there's a story of this family whose name I cannot pronounce. And the prophet Jeremiah was telling off Israel. He's giving them a bit of a bit of a tune-up. And he was using this family. I think it was like, you can find it. It's in Jeremiah 35. It's definitely there. My pronunciation won't matter a bit. Okay, um... And, and what he was telling uh, the people of Israel off was that, you know, they're terrible, Israel, eh? They weren't listening again. And he brought in this family of people that had um, listened to uh, what, their, what their tūpuna, what their ancestor had said for hundreds of years, for generation after generation, because their ancestor had said it. And um, so the prophet was pointing out, how much more should we adhere to what the Lord says Hey, God's up here, your ancestor, he, he's sort of down here. How much more should we adhere to what God says? Yet, people find it easier to, oh yeah, oh, that, was, that was Pastor so-and-so. He said this, and I'll hold on to it. You can't tell me anything else. But yet, we won't seek out and listen to what God is saying about where we should go. 
It's in Jeremiah. I'm not tricking you. I promise. Um, when God calls us out and he, he shows us a direction and a destination, well, he doesn't really. It's kind of a little bit vague. Um, I was just thinking about it. I think it's more for our, um, for our safety as opposed to him holding out on us. If God revealed what it is, the things that you'll be doing, the places you will go, and the things that you'll be a part of, to be honest, I think it would just absolutely freak us out and we wouldn't even start on the, distant, on, on the journey. And, um, yeah, cool. So, I suppose from that, and with me, you know, listening to our prophetic words and being like, oh, yeah, okay, it's taking ages. It, it's us that choose, chooses. Hey, God chose us and he appointed us. It's done. Whether or not we decide to go on the journey, that's our choice. It doesn't change what God said and what he has and where he wants to go, but whether or not we opt in determines whether or not we get there. And um, these are these funny-ass verses um, when I was looking at the story of Abraham and Sarah. And, I mean, they're just like us. It's hilarious. So in um, Genesis 17, 17, I think I got, whoa, look at that, man. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Self, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90, 90 years old, bear a child? And then in uh, 1813... Uh, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid, for she was afraid, he said. No, but you did laugh. And um, I think it's like us, man. Like, it's a new era. There's momentum that doesn't stop. And we've heard it over and over again. And whether it's out loud or in our hearts, we're like, oh, you whatever. And then, um, you know, we talk about, man, miracles and healings and different things. And whether it's out loud or not, sometimes we have a little guess. Yeah, okay, whatever. You're not here. Maybe, maybe down west, that's a big church. But not here. We have a giggle and a laugh. And God hears. And I just think it's so funny that just like us, they would disregard, write off, or say, nah, this couldn't be, it's not going to happen here. Um, and like I said before, it's probably the reason that God didn't reveal it at the start. Because uh, I reckon Moses might have thought, nah, God, you're a bit cuckoo if God had said to him at the start, hey, man, I'm going to take you to this land. When we get there, don't worry, when you're 100 years old, you have a kid. I'm like, nah, you're crazy. I'm staying right here. I'm not, I'm not even, hey, what God has for us is crazy. It's outside the box. It's bigger. He's bigger. What he plans to do, you can't even imagine. Like having a baby at 100. Okay? And God, he waits till we're on the journey. Waits till we've um, found, gone through a few struggles and found that gateway of hope. Till our faith has grown and developed a bit before he will reveal something else to us. One degree of glory to another. Step by step, he grows us and moves us. And even when he did reveal it, Moses still had a crack up. It's like, yeah, whatever, you got to wait till I'm 100. And then Sarah has a laugh too. But then she's embarrassed that she's laughed. And sometimes we're like that, eh? We say to yeah, John, it's, it's, a, it's a new era. Momentum. And John's like, yeah, it is. And I was like, whatever, you were laughing before. And that's what God just did to Sarah, eh? Sarah, you're going to have a baby. She's like, whatever, I'm an old lady. And God like, stop. I heard that. Don't you laugh, Sarah? This will happen. A year from now, you have a baby. It's like he chose us, he appointed us, it will happen, 
we have to choose. Even with all our um, messed up, uh, takes ages, we have to figure it out um, kind of problems, God will still do it. Um, what else? Oh, previous to chapter 12 and chapter 11, it's got a little bit of background to Abraham and his father, uh, I think his father's name was Terah. I get confused, there's so many names. And then he had a brother, Haran, and then they went to Haran. Ah. Anyway, they were already on their way to Canaan. And I feel like that's, that's sometimes us. Whether you like it or not, you're going somewhere. And um, it's interesting that it was his, his father was actually in charge then. So his father, Terah, took them. They were on their way to Canaan. They only made it to Haran. And I feel sometimes we can be on our way somewhere. And if it's not you who's tapped into God, determining where you're going, you'll get waylaid and you'll get sidetracked in your destination. They were already on their way to Canaan, and they ended up in Haran. That's not where they were going, but they stayed there, and that's where Terah died. I think if you're not tapped into God yourself, and you're not chasing after Him, and He's not determining the destination, for all your good intentions or the good intentions of the person you're following, you will become waylaid, and you'll end up staying somewhere that was not your um, intended destination. Yeah. The other thing is, always when I thought about the story of Abraham, I thought he stayed in like a stink putty sort of place, you know. It was probably dry, like pictures of Israel or whatever you see. But then um, when you have to preach, you have to go and check that out a little bit. Eh? You just can't say random stuff. And um, they were actually in Ur of the Chaldeans. And when I look up Ur of the Chaldeans, it was actually a significant city. It was an amazing uh, place for them. It was an affluent place. So they didn't leave poor. It's not like God comes and he'll take you because you're destitute and take you somewhere amazing. Hey, when I think about it, it's like, well, yeah, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd be all right. I've got a job and a family and I can pay my bills and it's, you know, it's all right. And sometimes you have to lay down what you consider to be all right, like Ur of the Chaldeans. Yeah, I've got it kind of sussed and fully opt into what God's got and go on this journey where you don't exactly know where you're going and it may cost you something. Ur is comfortable. Ur is affluent. Ur is safe. And we've got to opt into what God has for us. I mean, so it's Abraham. Um, I wrote down Ephesians 2.8 here for some reason. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I think the reason that God asks us to lay down our, uh, our identity, I guess as I've called it, is for this reason. Um, it, everything that is given to us is a gift. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to qualify it. We don't have qualifications or references that can live up to um, what it is that he has for us. Cool. So I suppose nobody can opt out. Eh? Cool. God is doing a new thing and he's taking us in a new direction to a new destination. But just like Abraham, we must choose him as he first chose us. Um, yeah, it's funny. We get stuck though. For all our good intentions, we get stuck because we can't take, or like him, we can't keep our country, we can't keep our family, we can't keep those things that are familiar and comfortable and that we like. And like I said, or I think I alluded to earlier, um, you know, you are the people that you hang around. 
your country, your people or your culture and your family are the, are the things that mould us. And um, I suppose we've all heard the um, analogy of God being a master potter. It's him who wants to mould us. He doesn't want us moulded um, even by the good intentions of our family or the good intentions of our culture, but he wants us to be solely his apart from that. But to him, he wants to mould us strategically, purposefully, and lovingly, but at the same time, it's us who chooses. Ooh. I used new paper this time too. This is not the back of my tax return. <laughs> it's a new era of conquest. Now, this is a bit of a, a con controversial analogy, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. If you don't agree, just go with it. It makes the word a whole lot better, eh? Okay, so in 1987, the All Blacks won the World Cup. Yeah, amazing, eh? In 2015, we also won it the other time, 2011, but in 2015, the ABs won the World Cup. Yeah. Hey, both successful, both world champions, both the best at what they do. They're representing the same country, and they're wearing the same colors. Cool. But now, well, now being 2016, but 15, it's a professional era. So the game they play is faster, the players are stronger, they train different. It's the same game, but there's no comparison. 87 can't do what 2015 demands. And I know all you old fellas are like, yeah, Michael Jones could do it. And so could John Cohen, but no, they can't. Just stick with my analogy, eh? 87 can't do what 2015 demands. They're the same, but they're not. I suppose what I'm talking about is you can't, we can't write off what's happened in uh, church history or what God has done and he's moved amongst people. But it's a new era. He's doing a new thing. And what happened before will not meet the demands of what's going to happen. Okay? All the old people said, I mean, yeah. The old and the new, they don't work together, eh? <laughs> the old and the new, they don't work together. They'll end up ruining each other for all their good intention. Um, I've got another scripture here that talks a little bit about that. So if you turn to uh, Luke 5, 36 to 39, here it is. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they'll have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new no new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. Honestly God, I wouldn't know, but I'll just take the Bible's word for it, eh? What, do you reckon old wine's better, Pastor? Nah. Sorry. Um He said yes. Yeah. <laughs> He was drinking it out of the box when I saw him on Friday. No, no. <laughs> Getting distracted. Hey, man. So like I said, um, the old and the new, they're not compatible. They ruin each other. And just like up here, um, I think it's, well, I'll just tell you what it's talking about. For me, the, the patch on the garment tearing away from the old. You know, when you have something new, it needs to be washed in order for it to shrink and get to its, its, its right size. Um, for us, if we hold on to our identity 
and the way we think God wants to work, or the way God did work. He worked like this before. And then we see what God wants to do, and we try to take a part of it, and we try to attach it to the way we want to see it worked out, or the way that we've seen things work before. What happens is because it's new and it's unshrunk, hey, it, when, once it gets washed, the new will shrink. And um, I, I thought of the shrinking like as in um, God bringing... Uh, boundaries to us. Hey, whenever God calls you out, it's like your your room for maneuverability becomes shortened. You have to become more focused in what you could get away with before. Your conscience didn't prick you. Now it pricks you. And um, so the new, it, it's going to shrink. But if you try to attach that to the old, you'll end up tearing the old and uh, both will be ruined because now you've just ripped your new pants to fix your old pants. Now you've got two pakaru pants. <laughs> You got it that way. Yeah. We can't take what God wants to do or our idea of what we think God wants to do and then attach it to how we want it to work. It's not like that. He said, leave your identity, leave your stuff behind. He said, I chose you and I appointed you. You just opt in and you see what happens. Just put on the new pants, man. Chuck your old throw away. <laughs> cool. And then... um. The wineskin, man, I, I really love this, the bit about the wineskin. I was, I was really getting into this, eh? And uh, I read a whole lot of commentaries, and I talked to some old wise people, and um, the, be- <laughs> the best, the best uh, part that I could come up with is, we are the wineskins. But then I was reading it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. But then I got down to, otherwise, you yeah. Oh, the wineskins will be ruined. Ah, we'll, we'll get into it. I'll figure it out. Here we go. <laughs> oh, that's what I was saying. We are the wineskins. But I've been around for a while, and I want new wine. Hey, I want the new thing that the Lord is doing. But according to this, if I don't have a new wineskin, I'll be ruined. So how does that work in my simple mind? And then I did something I've never done before. It was like a highly spiritual uh, moment for me. I was like, I went and looked in a concordance. I was like, God, this cannot, you know, I'm, I want the new wine. And then like this new wineskin sort of thing discounts me because I'm sort of an old wineskin. But anyway, the word new, when I looked it up in the concordance, doesn't refer to brand new. It refers to new in terms of freshness. Oh, it's like, yeah, okay, there's hope for me here. I'm going to get some new wine. Um, yeah, yeah, hang on out. It's good, it's good, man. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. So new wineskins, not necessarily brand new. You don't have to go and get saved again and get another new life that he already gave you. The first one's all right, eh? So it's talking about freshness. And with wineskins... They can be reconditioned, rejuvenated, and renewed. If we're struggling to see, be a part of, or opt into the new thing that God's doing, it's this reconditioning and this refreshing of our wineskin that we need. To take what we already know about God and what we've experienced of God and to try and pour out the new thing that He's doing into us, into it, we will burst because we become comfortable we become familiar, and I suppose those things lead to us becoming brittle and unflexible. Hey, 
God works like this. I pray like this for healing. I only do these things. This is how it works. God does something else and it kind of ruins our, our whole frame of reference and we burst. It ruins us. But if we're refreshed and rejuvenated, we're able to hold the new thing that God wants to do. So when I looked into the reconditioning of wineskin, I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. The first thing they do is they wash it. Makes sense. Hey, and somewhere in the Word, it's got that scripture, hey, you wash with the water of the Word. If we're in a place where we've seen God move, and we know what God said about this, but we're unable to move in that direction, and we feel a little bit of stuck, you need to wash that with the water of the Word. God, what are you saying in your Word about where I'm going, this new thing that's going to happen? And the second thing that they do is they soak the wineskin in oil. And it's not hard to reference what the oil is, eh? They always talk about the Holy Spirit being the oil, but you need to soak yourself in the oil in order to become supple, malleable, and flexible in order to contain and hold the new thing that the Lord wants to do. So um, for me, I was like, oh, dope. So I've heard it, eh? New era, momentum that doesn't stop. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. All my frame of reference for what God does are old. And God's just saying for us, if we want to move into what he has for us, into this new thing, then we need to wash ourselves with the water of the word, and then we need to soak in the oil, which will make us flexible, malleable, and able to stretch, to contain, but then also to pour out what the new thing is that God wants to do. Um, and then the last bit, yeah, no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. I was like... Okay, but I suppose a wineskin and wine, their purpose is to be used up. It doesn't say there that there's old wine hanging around. It just says no one after drinking old wine, wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. If you've got old wine that's still hanging around, that thing that God did or does or done in your life, why is it still there? Does God not pour into us that we might pour out? Are we to save up the things that God does for us for a rainy day? Or are we to continually be pouring it out? So the only reason you could say, and the other thing is, uh, yeah, they don't like the new, the old is better. It's a bit like us, man. We're we always reminiscing, eh? Oh, yeah, I used to go to amazing church, and this happened, and that happened. And, uh, man, do you remember 87? Back in 87, there was a move of God, and... It was amazing, and he did awesome things, and I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it again. It's like, it tastes good. But when that happened, if you think about the people that came from 64, oh, look at these hippies or whatever they're doing. It's the same again. That's, oh, sorry. <laughs> nah. it's, it's the same again. I suppose I don't want any of us to become stuck. I want us to all be a part of um, what God is going to do, and he's going to do it. He chose us, and he appointed us. He gave us these words not on accident. It's not an accident that we're here in Kaitaia, and he'll see it through. I don't want us to get stuck reminiscing of, I oh, remember in Kaitaia back in the, was it the 80s, when they had like March for Jesus. Man, those people were passionate. It was amazing. That's so way better than now. Don't get stuck. Okay, If you still got old wine, oh, well, you better offload it. Get rid of it. Okay? And new wine becomes old wine. It ferments, it stretches you, it changes you. And then, hey, we'll do it again. It's, 
uh, in God, it's one degree of glory to another. One batch of wine to the next batch of wine. And for us, it's that wash yourself, soak yourself in the word, go again, soak yourself in oil, be flexible and malleable, and continue to be useful in, in vibing the new thing that God's got. But then at the same time, we're not to hold on to it, we're to pour it out and use it. So, um, yeah, that's most of it. God chooses us, hey, and he appoints us. And he does, that's, oh man, I think he's getting ripped off. He chooses us, he appoints us, he does all the work, we just have to choose him. So, um, yeah, in relation to our prophetic words over our house, don't end up in that place where you're like, oh, it's taking ages. God said it, it will happen, whether or not you're going to be a part of it is up to you and what you do um, with your wineskin or with your new trousers. Or with the 2015 All Blacks. Or any other analogy I can think of. So um, I don't know if I've gone over or under time, but I am finished. So thank you for listening to me. All right, can I have the musos up? Thanks.